Hello and welcome to this new edition of Café Klingendel, the podcast series of the Klingendel Institute. My name is Brigitte Dekker, researcher at Klingendel, and I am joined here today by Louise van Schuik. She is head of the Klingendel International Sustainability Center and senior research fellow at the Klingendel Institute. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, last week you organized the Planetary Security Conference. And this event addresses the practical challenges of the nexus of climate, immigration and security for the future policies. Looking back, are you satisfied with the outcomes of the conference? Yes, absolutely. I think it was uh, the biggest planetary security conference that we organized uh, so far. It was the fourth planetary security conference. Um, We had over 450 representatives from diplomacy, defense and development circles from over 58 uh, countries. Uh, And I think we managed really throughout a lot of uh, official sessions and also side events to cover a lot of ground and really make progress in discussions on the relationship between, on the one hand, climate change and other environmental stresses, and on the other hand, uh, security. And I think this year, more than ever, we focused also on, uh, let's say, reducing the security and even reversing it into peace building and conflict prevention uh, practices. So, uh, yes, absolutely uh, pleased. And the Twitter hashtag this year was uh, hashtag doable. Where does this refer to? Yeah, throughout this initiative, we really made a shift uh, from, let's say, awareness raising on the issue of climate change on the one hand and security on the other hand. That happened already since the end of the 2000s of this century, uh, when both the EU and the UN in in uh, 2007 started to recognize climate change as a threat multiplier. It was widely acknowledged. But from then on, it was mainly, let's say, an awareness on the issue. Like, this is a potential future threat. It's a disaster that's coming at us, especially in vulnerable areas. Uh, problems will be bigger. It can be a trigger for conflict in areas where there's always a, already a conflict risk. But we did not see a lot of, okay, then what are we actually going to do about this agenda? How are we going to plan differently uh, with regards to uh, preparations for military missions, uh, humanitarian uh, missions. How do we adjust our risk analysis and early warning mechanisms? How do we do uh, forecasts and trend analysis differently? Uh, and also how can we use, let's say, the insight in what we call the climate security nexus? How can we really uh, use these insights for Uh, making more smart uh, security policies that also help with conflict prevention and peace building. Because if you focus on, for instance, better natural resource management, natural resources like food and water, which become more scarce because of climate change, then it can also have a lot of other uh, positive co-benefits because it can bring people together, it can reduce tensions in society. Um, So... Let's say we we really try to shift the focus from this awareness raising on the issue to really pathways of action on doing something about it. And we have also put in place several initiatives to to reinforce this focus on action. Um, To give you one very prominent example, in 2017 with the third Planetary Security Conference, we launched the Hague Declaration on Planetary Security in which we had six action areas that were the themes of the conference of 2017 and the spotlight regions. 
so regions where we think the climate security nexus, if integrated in policies for these regions, can really make a difference. And they are Iraq, Lake Chad and Mali. So in the Hague Declaration on Planetary Security of 2017, we identified these six action areas, so the spotlight regions, uh, and also migration, urbanization, and the need for an institutional home for climate security throughout the UN system. And uh, what we did for this year, ahead of the conference, is that we did a monitoring of progress on these six action areas of the Hague Declaration, and that's also... Uh, available on our websites uh, of the Planetary Security Initiative, uh, planetarysecurityinitiative.org, and you can see what kind of actions have been undertaken. Well, in all honesty, um, there is still a long way to go. Uh, so action is still in early phases. This uh, topic is just only about to be better understood and picked up. It's also complicated because, uh, as uh, people at Klingendal very well know, if uh, tensions in society are rising or if conflict uh, risk increases, if you like, then it's always a multitude of factors that play a role and you always have to look at the conflict in its context eh, and also in the historic context. Uh, but still, I think it's helpful that in uh, situations now, let's say the climate change angle and the natural resources management angle is better uh, incorporated. Maybe one concrete example I think with the Planetary Security Initiative, we really also helped in catalyzing the debate in the EU, but also in the UN Security Council on this topic. A lot has happened in the last uh, two to three years. More debates and also more recognition of climate change, for instance, in specific UN Security Council resolutions. So since 2007, when the UN started to acknowledge this, uh, you have seen a lot of progress Absolutely, absolutely. And one, for instance, very concrete example is that uh, in the uh, mission mandate of MINUSMA, so that's the military mission in Mali, now it's also included that they should take into consideration in their day-to-day -day risk analysis of the situation on the ground during the implementation of the mission. They should also take into consideration climate change and natural resources distributions between groups in society. So that are, the, let's say, the really concrete examples of hashtag doable action, eh, as we call it, which illustrate how things can be done differently when taking into consideration this climate security nexus. And if you hear the people on the ground uh, in Iraq, Lake Chad, Mali, but also now the new spotlight region of the Caribbean that was added this year, they also really say that this benefits the, the quality of, of, of policy making and the contribution to uh, reducing security risks on the ground. Well, the subject of the conference was climate security. Uh, would you say that climate change is a real enemy? Yes, well, that's of course a big debate. Huh? To what extent is, let's say, uh, the security angle of climate change just, you know, kind of misused to get the issue higher on the agenda by environmentalists who care about the climate, who care about this planet and just... Uh, emphasize also that there is a link with uh, humankind and, and the security and, and conflict uh, dimension. And it is also very much a contested issue in the science and especially from the conflict and security uh, research side, there is also still considerable resistance to acknowledging. Uh, they would emphasize, okay, 
there might be a relationship between natural resource scarcity and conflict, but often other issues are more uh, severe, like uh, human rights suppressions, dictatorships, uh, exploitation, marginalization of groups in society. Um, I, I think also that we uh, need to be careful. Huh? We, we don't need to exaggerate uh, issues. Um, but I do think if you if you look into the issue uh, of, uh, for instance, food riots and also uh, water scarcity, that it does create you know tensions among groups in society. It does make people anger, and it can be let's say a root cause behind let's say uh, people who start to migrate or who become angry about their government. So often it's not the only cause. Huh? For instance, in the case of Syria. Uh, we saw droughts preceding the protests in Homs, but we also saw a bad uh, agricultural uh, subsidy system by the Assad government that really uh, deteriorated the agricultural production and uh, increased uh, the food prices. So it is not the only factor that aggravates security, but it's certainly a threat multiplier. Yeah, there we have it again. Uh, and also I think it will uh, grow in the future. That being said, I think even more important is that increasingly to realize that thinking about this issue in security terms can help you to, to find uh, ways to address these security issues and these risks in a much better way. So by addressing natural resource management, by uh, looking into where is climate change going to hit hardest, you can prevent future pressures or see it coming at least, and you can also uh, use this to help in bringing uh, groups in society together. And I heard that a new military network on climate and security was released at the conference. Could you say a few words about that? Yeah, that's correct. Together with our American consortium partner of the Planetary Security Initiative, the Center for Climate and Security, and also the French think tank IRIS in Paris, we uh, launched a, a new military network at the conference and Um, I think there is really a need for it uh, because what we see is that in uh, military organizations there is indeed this awareness but uh, the translation into how to deal with it in military uh, organization is still limited and I hope that the new network will really make a, a push for this. There's a lot of experience in some countries like in the US where the Pentagon was really ahead of the curve on this issue. And also in France, much more work is done, but in other countries, uh, we still have a long way to go. We can also much more learn from each other and collaborate on this topic with the NATO allies, but also uh, perhaps with others. And I see a, a, a huge potential role for this network in the early warning, risk analysis, preparation of missions, implementation of missions, also of vulnerability of military installations, and uh, reducing the own carbon footprint from the army and thereby pushing innovation towards the renewable economy. Um, okay, and looking ahead, uh, what can we expect uh, in the future? Are there any other initiatives coming up? Um, well, at this moment in time, we're also working on a background paper for the Global Commission on Adaptation, which is preparing its report for the uh, big uh, climate summit of September 2019 that uh, Secretary General Antonio Guterres is organizing in New York. 
And this global commission, which is headed by Ban Ki-moon and in which also World Bank's Kristalina Georgieva and Bill Gates are participating, is preparing a big report on how to deal with the consequences of climate change, the adaptation agenda. Well, we've been asked to work on the security background paper, and we're really looking into how can we avoid, let's say, mall adaptation. Adaptation is likely to become the new development cooperation. It's already considerable in, in terms of funding size and it's, it's rapidly taking over. How can we avoid, let's say, that with this funding we make the same mistakes as we did with development cooperation in the past? Uh, but also how can this uh, agenda be more uh, of a uh, contribution to the broader peace and stability uh, agenda in this world? So how can we make use of these investments in a smart way? Currently, hardly any of the climate funding is going to conflict-prone territories and security and conflict people hardly interested in, in climate change. Uh, and we really want to bring these two groups together uh, and also to be relevant and show that if you do this, uh, then you can really make more out of the some of the parts. So interesting times ahead. Uh, yeah, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on Café Klingendaal, please register for our newsletter at www.klingendaal.org.